Hello, everyone, and welcome to Janky to the Max, a podcast where we talk to cool creators and even cooler creations that they make. Did that right this time. First time. Woo! Woo! There you go. Um, <laughs> today on the show, we got a small panel of... Um, we're going to talk about building uh, walking robots and kind of the challenges and uh, part of the obstacles that, that they, they face. Uh, we have um, JS9 Mechworks. Uh, with his uh, 12-foot mech that he's working on. Metal. And then we have uh, Stack Dumper, uh, all the way from the beautiful Ukraine. Um, and he is working on a hexapod, right? Yeah. Hello, everyone. So uh, g- glad glad you could uh, um, be on here. Uh, why don't you go, go around, uh, share your story, kind of how you got started. Uh, you want to start, JS Um, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, let's see, I'll probably start out when my brother saw the Adam Skeletronics and he said, Hey, you try to build this. And eventually got bored enough to the point where I took him up on the uh, challenge and <laughs> built a small one and then, uh, am working on finishing up the uh, big one. That's pretty great. Oh, so cool. Uh, how are you stacked, Emperor? How, how do you get started into the whole, um, Oh, I don't know. I always wanted to build a robot, but I didn't know how. Uh, I bought a Raspberry Pi maybe a year ago, and I thought that, well, now I, I'm going to build robots. <laughs> but uh, it's not. It, it wasn't that simple. So I just played with it for months and forgot about it. And only four months ago, I bought a 3D printer. Mm. And now I can't print parts for the Raspberry Pi, so control with servo motors and stuff. So I decided to build a hexapod because uh, because they are cool. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And it's almost ready. But <laughs> recently I fried half of the servers. So oh, no. now I have to remove oh. them. Yeah. Mm, barbecue. What happened? Uh, so I replaced my six uh, converters. Oh, I need to start from the beginning. Why I need six converters at all? Step down. Uh, that's because I have a battery which is consisted of nine lithium ion cells, and they produce uh, from 10 to 16 volts. And I wasn't able to find a big and one big converter to convert it down to six volts. So I just decided to use six small ones for each leg. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, the problem was that it they only output up to five amps, and that wasn't enough for three servers. Each leg consists of uh. is consisted of three servers, and they consume up to six point five amps. So I decided to replace uh. them with two big con- big converters that are able to output up to twelve twenty amps. So I replaced them. I did a quick test and then it fried because the MOSFET on the converter it touched the screws of the servo motors that converter was standing on. Uh, so and it shorted out. Yeah, and in a minute it was just all gone, and I didn't even know what happened. But fortunately, I was recording that all, so I was able to take a look and understand and, and to see sparks coming out from the of the converter. Uh. And, uh, God. Instant replay. <laughs> yeah. 
I posted it to Twitter, and <laughs> it's spectacular. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that that yeah, yeah, it's, that that yeah, that's always fun. But the cool thing about living in Ukraine is that you don't have much money, so you are you are, can only buy cheap parts. So <laughs> the servers they they cost only about five or six dollars. So <laughs> not, not not much of a loss. Yeah, no, that that that's pretty good. So the each of the so tell us how the the architecture of your your robot. So you have it's a hexapod, right? So you have six, um, yeah, six legs. Six legs, and so each one is like, how like so how many joints or areas of degrees of movement do you have? Mm. Uh, so each leg has three degrees of movement: one horizontal and two vertical. Um, and the architecture is pretty simple. This is one of the reasons why I chosen this project as my first project, because I only have battery, a lot of converters, uh, a Raspberry Pi, and and that's probably all for mm -hmm. now. In the future, I will add also accelerometers and... Yeah, more sensors. sensors. Yeah, but for now, that's all. <laughs> However, when I started, I thought it will be even simpler because I didn't even know how to power the server, so I didn't think about it. I just thought, oh, I will have a battery. <laughs> I didn't even know how to convert and step down voltage. So I'm learning all of this. And so, so when you say converters, that, that's the type of like a, a voltage converter? That's what you're talking uh, about? The, they convert voltage down okay. to is, 6 is, volts. So is that, what is that, Glav? Is that a... That's, That's a, a buck, converter. buck converter. Yeah, I always get buck and boost con confused. Yeah, buck <laughs> is step down and boost is step up. Yeah. <clears throat> and something I found that was pretty handy is you can actually stack uh, boost and buck converters together to be able to mm -hmm. get more current out of it. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. oh. You just have to put them in parallel. So you put the inputs in parallel and you put the outputs in parallel. I and mean, you can get uh, so like if you have like a little five five amp converter, you've got two of them. Oh, you can yeah. parallel them, and you get ten amp at the same uh, appropriate voltage adjustment. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought yeah, you were talking too. about using step down with a step up converter, so back and boost. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, you can do that as well, but you need to have those in series, not in parallel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little different though it's a different result i use that for jumping voltage gaps between two unknown power sources or two power sources where i don't know the voltage it's mm -hmm. just going to be different yeah yeah well and uh mechworks you have uh you're, you're taking a little bit different mm -hmm. approach to your uh uh loco locomotion um with uh do you have a was it a three stroke is a two-stroke engine uh, nope, four-stroke. It's a, a Harbor Freight special. <laughs> and a snowblower. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, so how does this... Is the snowblower, like, the... Is the corkscrew part that drives it? Uh, nope, it's a uh, traditional uh, propelled snowblower. So you have one lever to do the auger, the other lever to do the um, uh, actual um, traction wheel. And I just have a rope going from, like, the... Um, uh, Lever to do the traction wheels going all the way up into the cockpit <laughs> with a little bit of boating cable. So, oh, that is so janky. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I always, I always wonder, like, like what was the? Yeah, so it's, it's a. I know these the plates too. <laughs> I feel like is that the first um, 
giant robot that's propelled by a snow uh, a snowblower? Because I feel like <laughs> that place sounds like so. my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how, how did you get that? Was that just something you had on hand? Like it's like oh, I just guess I'll reuse this snowblower, or or was it something where you like you had a bunch of options and you're like, all right, if all of these options, snowblower is the one to go. Well, I ended up throwing the rod on one of my snowblowers, and then my aunt and uncle gave me like my grandfather's old snowblower, and threw a rod on that too. So I was like, you know, I've got these two snowblowers, might as well get an engine for one. And now that I have it, I can use it to power my giant robot too. <laughs> oh, I love that. That that's just that's amazing. <laughs> oh. so have it's definitely a test to the strength of the snowblower's uh, engine to be able to move the whole mech. <laughs> well, it doesn't weigh that much. Well, I mean, with pilot, it's with like three hundred pounds. But doesn't I mean? I just can't imagine it. I mean, I, I guess you're using um, cardboard and like, what, what are your like main materials as far as like the covering on the outside? Um, well, I'm mainly using like a roof flashing. That comes with like the big metal rolls, so it's about as thick as cardstock, but so pretty tough. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess I wouldn't be, but like three hundred pounds is so light for something that's like a, mm. like that's just incredible. It's wooden PVC <laughs> with a metal skin. <laughs> Without the 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 size factor, I mean, I feel like that that's something you could. Like weight level, you could, you could launch into space, just like oh yeah. Mountain <laughs> <laughs> space, space? Out the sea. <laughs> hey, you know, wait, wait. So, so if the problem, I remember we talking about this. I think we talked about this last time we talked about mechs. But the problem with with walking mechs is that they're giant and they're huge, and the weight would be a, a like a, a very big problem as far as maneuverability mm -hmm. and everything. But when you have a lower gravity environment, like say the moon. Would that make mechs more of a viable means of transportation? Um, yeah, I've done a talk about with some, this with some uh, other people. And uh, a humanoid shape for a um, uh, zero-gravity fighter platform would actually be quite interesting because you can just throw out your arm and you'd go reening off in some random direction. So, Huh. Yeah. No, that's... I, I'm of course I'm always fascinated by anything space. <laughs> so what what are you, some of your ideas for um, uh, for like improvements on your uh, your hexapod? Uh, for now, I just have to finish it up because before thinking about anything else. But my second goal is to make it work using machine learning. Because I'm too lazy to learn inverse kinematics, and <laughs> it's just too hard coded in this way. So mm. I wanted to learn and to adapt to new environments. I understand how difficult it is, and it's just childish to think about. Oh, I'm going to learn machine learning and make it work. But there are very smart people who tried this and failed, and now I'm trying to succeed at this. No, that that's that's the janky spirit right there. Just you know, it doesn't um, doesn't doesn't matter who. Yeah, just go for it. That's that's awesome. And the nice thing too is because it's a hexapod, it's also very stable as far as just being mm -hmm. able to stay, you know, mm -hmm. upright. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like that would be 
a really decent platform for you know trying to do learning AI because it has a nice stable platform to work on, and you don't have to worry about constantly you know falling over if it were like you know a biped or maybe even a quad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another plus mm-hmm. is that you can create pretty reliable simulation and teach machine learning model in it instead of teaching yeah. it in real life. It won't be that accurate, but it's much faster because you can speed things up. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think well, let me let me go back into my giant memory bank of every single episode we've ever done ever. But I believe <laughs> in, in episode seven we talked to Emmett, um, who is this this uh, machine learning expert. So you should uh, if you ever have any questions, uh, make sure to ping Emmett because he he knows just about. I feel like like according of course according to him because once you're the expert, you don't feel like you know everything. But like. Mm-hmm. compared to a noob he knows everything like yeah he's been he's been coding. he's been coding yeah. since in, since he was like six years old i mean <laughs> he knows his stuff um but yeah yeah no that that's that's a really uh great sounds like a great way to learn machine learning um especially for the for the first time mm-hmm. yeah and another thing, interesting thing that uh, I'm using a Mac <laughs> and to use TensorFlow, which is a, one of the most popular platforms for it, it just won't work fast on it because you need CUDA, uh, basically NVIDIA cards for it. <laughs> and it's a Mac has AMD, so your model will, will be trained on the CPU, which is very, very slow compared to the GPU. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about maybe I should buy this NVIDIA Jetson board, uh, which is a small board like Raspberry Pi. No, it's a little bit bigger, but specifically for machine learning. Mm. And a hack support with the machine learning station on it, which is able to run much faster than the same Raspberry Pi, for example. <laughs> so computer vision and other stuff that previously wasn't possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, because you don't need the, you're not gonna need like the full rig, of course, when you run the model. Because yeah. once you train it, then you rig, you take the the was the vectorized data or whatever, and then that's what you. Yeah. yeah. So like, what what's what part? So would you do machine learning just for the walking, or or would you do it for, like yeah, like what? Or, or so you got... the idea is that I give a command to move to the specified position. And it figures out a set of movements for each motor so that the hack support will move to this position. This is a very basic understanding, but for now. That's kind of like uh, Boston Dynamics, big, uh, not the big dog, the little dog. What's, the, what's it called? A spot? Spot, spot. spot. yeah. Because <laughs> it... You can have a, have a remote and everything, and you can tell it to move forward, but you're not actually telling it how to move forward. It figures itself out how it's going to get there on its own. Mm-hmm. From an yeah, episode that... I was watching with uh, Adam Savage. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are... Oh, oh, that, yeah. That looks like... Oh, this is just so cool. Have you been noticing that like, I've... Um, I've been keeping tabs on... Uh, well, just like... I feel like makers... I'm seeing a lot of page and um, projects in the general maker community that are like with projects that are very similar to Spot. 
Have you oh, noticed that's so that? cool. <laughs> I love it. Like, ah, oh, yeah. I really Making like man's best story. friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the whole idea of moving into automation of motion. Yeah. So to speak. So, like, you see, like, that's going with uh, Tesla and their self-driving vehicles. Mm -hmm. Going with... Uh, there's a couple of open project or open source projects that are also for self-driving to convert your current vehicle into a self-driving vehicle. Oh, I, I, driving that, vehicle. I, I, I don't think I've really heard about that. So there's actual efforts to make. Um, yeah. Oh, that. Oh, wow. That, it's pretty neat. That, it's still kind of in the, I mean, it's still in the early phases. Obviously. I'm sure. I'm sure. But like it, <laughs> they were showing comparisons of, I, I don't remember what the open source project is off the top of my head, but they were there was a YouTube video where they're comparing it versus the Tesla and they were driving it on the same roads and just kind of comparing how they handle corners, other vehicles, when there's not many, uh, when there's no lines on the road, when they're mm -hmm. uh, you know, weird intersections and stuff like that, yep. and just how they handle it. It was really cool comparison and it was really good. So hard like to automate. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, respect to all those people working on the project. Well, the thing was with the the open source project, it only had one sensor to detect everything. It one was just sensor? The eye of a camera. Yeah. Oh. It had one camera. That's all it had. Is, is that like so had, on purpose or is there like some other just reason? I think they're just basically using a like a cell phone. And you um. just put on a cell phone that's dedicated to self-driving. So it's got the front-facing camera that faces the road, or uh, sorry, the front-facing camera that faces you, and then it has the other facing, the back camera, which is facing the road because it's high res. Right. And it has to like, look at what it's looking at, understand what it's looking at, figure it out. You know, this is road, this is cars, this is traffic lights, this is stop signs, all that stuff. And then it has to figure out what to do, while also making sure that tracking your eyes to make sure that you're paying attention to the road. <laughs> so it's more like a driving assist than a. It's a driving assist, yeah. Wow, I, I'm surprised that the hardware can, like, I mean, I, that just seems like uh, a lot to pull from just a regular phone. It's like either a phone or a tablet. I don't really phone remember tablet. the exact details. It's been a minute. And then, like, it has uh, some hardware you install in your vehicle, and it lets it move the wheel left mm. and right, and then do your acceleration and braking. <laughs> It's super cool, which is kind of a neat thing with modern cars with having so much electronics on it. Everything's electrical. Right. So you can, you know, plug yeah. your Arduino in and there you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> the uh, the other, uh, what, what do you call car people? Gearheads? You know, well, yeah. all, all the traditional are bemoaning the fact oh, everything's being automated and all this electronics is not back how we used to. And then, you know, there's us. And we're like, whoa, bring it on. <laughs> all bring the electronics. On. I just, just all of it. Just <laughs> pile it in. I don't care. <laughs> That's kind of a thing, too. Oh, it's like a lot of people are really into ICE vehicles, internal combustion engines. And like. It just doesn't do anything for me. Like yeah. EV, like now that's exciting. That's cool because like just the I understand all the right. electronics and what's going on in there, how it's all functioning, and it feels clean and simplistic, and I love it. I oh, know <laughs> it, it's yeah, and and then because you don't have to deal with because with combustion, you have to you have to deal with two separate systems. You have to deal with uh, um, like the combustion part, and then you have the electronics, right? Mm -hmm. But 
with, uh, with with electric vehicles, you just have one system. It's like <laughs> so cool. <sighs> but explosions, explosion-powered car. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it's a lot less cool in that regard, and this, this it doesn't quite sound as cool. You know, like when you get some of those, especially uh, like one of those old Mustangs. You know, like vroom, vroom. I, I, I could just take the exhaust off any car, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, they got real loud when you take off the exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's yeah. It, it, it's pretty cool. It's a cool time to be alive in, in the cars for sure. You know, the thing about cars, and then also with mechs, I've been kind of noticing a trend with a lot of different mechs out there, like. Uh, even with JS9, it's like he uses w wheels to be able to mo mobilize the vehicle mm -hmm. versus using actually, you know, stepping one foot over the other. Do you think that that's the limit that's going to be just kind of always, almost always present with larger uh, mechanoids that are going to just need the wheels because it seems to offer the easier or, or treads that it makes it easier just for locomotion? Well, I did have a um, uh, little prototype a little while ago of a walking mechanism I want to try to make uh, six feet tall. I actually mm -hmm. put it uh, up on a thingiverse, I think. I call it a Stampede Flatfoot, and it's one of those traditional, um, uh, you know, those tin pot uh, robot toys they had in the 50s. I walk forward yeah, and the little yeah. prongs on the feet. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about building two of those six feet tall and having them side by side with each other and then changing the speed of each of them to do steering and see how that goes. Ah, huh. It'll be interesting to try. Yeah, I'll, that'll definitely be. That that would be. I've so got cool. two electric scooters to take apart to see if I can do anything with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's that that that's that's pretty resourceful. I just I can't wait for the day when I can walk my robot dog like just, just like walk down the street <laughs> you know with, with uh using it as like as like a spot or something for uh um <laughs> for like a just carrying your stuff because i mean think about it, you could use it to carry your stuff you could use it to uh oh yeah no i, I you could ride it <laughs> there you go <laughs> just ride my, ride yeah! my <laughs> <laughs> I believe Adam Savage already tried that with his video. Um, oh yes, he did. Did he? Did he actually try to write it? Not directly on it. I don't think he hasn't made a carriage for it. Uh, yeah. That pulls. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, there was a guy who did that. He made like a steam-powered man in like the late 1800s, attached it to a um, uh, carriage, and drove around with it. A steam-powered, like, did it walk? It was a um, uh, boiler, and it had, like, little pistons and stuff, and it had legs, and it walked around. Really? I forget, I forget the name of the guy, but it inspired a couple of stories, like the steam-powered man of the prairies and stuff like that. Oh, I did not know that. That's really interesting. Wow. Hold I... on a second. I've got tabs. I'll look it up. Yes, look it up. And then... Yeah, Discord still. There we go. 1868. Zadok Daderick. You know, that sounds like a science name. <laughs> Daderick. Yep. 
and he gave it like a big old coat and a tin hat, you know, top hat and everything. <laughs> That's pretty freaky. I I didn't. Wow, I didn't. He wanted to make like a fleet of them and have steam-powered horses and stuff. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Until you see them thundering down the street after you. Oh gosh, <laughs> they be coming. <laughs> oh, th- you know that that needs to be a book with where an alternate future where there's steam-powered horses and and but then have um, the headless horseman, but on a steam-powered horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's yeah, that is that's really, really incredible. I can't, I can't it's believe that like, they actually I got away with them. walking though, because steam is so heavy and the water, mm-hmm. like wow. And then, yeah, because yeah, the water's all sloshing around, so that keeps throwing around your center of balance. Mm-hmm. Oh look, he even gave it like little shoes too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's 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 really interesting. So, you guys got any uh, crazy stories from from working on um, on on uh, Mac Max walking robots in general, mm-hmm. or, or or is it pretty tame stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stampy McFlat doesn't like walking in straight lines. I would always wander just off somewhere or another. <laughs> And this says like rapid little feats and it just goes walking away. <laughs> it's supposed to only walk in straight lines, but it just goes nope, all over the place. <laughs> Can't tell me what to do. Yeah, it's very simple personality. <laughs> I fear for the full size version. <laughs> I find it very interesting how the stuff we make almost takes on like you, you know it's in your head but it almost takes on a personality of its own you know have you noticed that mm-hmm. like uh, I'm, I'm sure you have usually experienced when you're working your batteries or like your hexapod or you know your, your mech you know it's it almost <laughs> becomes like you anthropomorphize oh my god I, I can say this word Ampromorpha, ampromorpha, anthropomorphize anthropomorphize them yeah I find, I find mm-hmm. that very interesting I don't think I've ever done that with my batteries. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's just how well. Uh, Maybe when your robot is powered by machine learning, that's not very ridiculous, if you call it that way, mm. because neural nets and other stuff. Yeah. So the only thing you should care about is turning it off for the night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially if you want to build a hack support with a railgun on top of it. Ooh, yes! Ooh, oh boy. I, I want to see that. I like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, how big is your hexapod anyway? Oh. It's like 50 to 20 centimeters long and about the same in the width. It's small because <laughs> I. I this, the size of the servo motors dictate the size of the hexapod. Mm-hmm. But it's enough to fit in Raspberry Pi and the lithium ion battery. Nice. And the cool thing about Railgun is a way to automate it. So it will be very cool to have motion tracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've attempted to do that. <laughs> Also, for anyone that's using the Imperial system, 20 centimeters is about 8 inches. 
yeah, sorry guys, but I I use centimeters because we are in Ukraine, use centimeters, and I don't... Because you're not I, psychopaths. I, that, that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to translate it to... to it's all good. I think metric is definitely like the best way to go. I know. I mean, we're we're Americans. Why are we using a system that's called the empirical system? <laughs> <laughs> like that is so not us. You have two sets of tools. Stupid. Well, if you think, I think it's just so we can rebel against the rest of the world. I think that's it's literally just that. We gotta be different. It's gotta be different. I know. Pretty dumb. This game should introduce a translate service, so when you talk in the imperial system, it translates to the metric, and vice versa, instead of focusing on translating languages. Yes. Yep. No, that's funny. Um. Oh well, if you think that's small, um. The uh, small sats use um, are only small satellites. They are only um, eleven, only eleven centimeters. That that's their whole. They have to. They build an entire satellite that's just eleven centimeters. And they're working. centimeters. And they're working on what's called a pocket cube, or which is half of that. So it's five <laughs> centimeters. And you need to fit in your power system. Your um, yeah, it's it, you have to fit in like your instruments, everything in just five centimeter cube. And yes, that is a subtle plug for space routes. If you guys ever want to ch learn more about that, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Those are really small though. Like just, I know that is so incredible for just going from these giant satellites where you know it requires a whole spaceship to launch up this one giant satellite to do this one function versus mm -hmm. now you can have all that crammed into very, 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 very small I know. spaces now. I, well, I know. So I, <laughs> plugging the, the latest podcast that was just released. Honestly, I think it was one of my favorite space roots podcasts. Um, but the guy was saying that the guest was saying that, um, <sighs> what was he saying? Um, I haven't had breakfast, so I'm a little, uh, <laughs> My brain, is, my brain is running at full capacity. Um, no, he was saying that they're like the phones that people had in their pockets were more powerful than these huge satellites that NASA was launching. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and which is just like what? Like all this tech, all this, all this like it sucks millions of dollars, mm -hmm. and a phone is more powerful than the satellite. Like that's just. Oh, yeah, so th that that's how the phone sat project got started, where they literally just stuck a smartphone in a satellite, launched it, and took a picture. But still, there's a difference. <laughs> because... I mean, you might as well at that point. Yeah, right? Yeah, uh, but satellites, they, are, they have one function, and therefore you can optimize your hardware for it. And on the phone, you have million functions, so you, you need to account for everything, and that mm. takes a lot of space. Well, yeah, but even even then, like they were they were bigger. Well, that, that's the thing. Like they were bigger, and they, they were just like, like the the processors. Everything was just less efficient. Like it was just a less good system. Plus, I don't know, but I believe uh, you have to 
to special stuff, special stuff with electronics for space? to account for radiation um, in the space. So the big satellites, yes, because you have a lot of surface area. But for the small sat small sats, you don't um, they don't do any radiation hardening. Um, and yeah, that actually really surprised me a lot. Yeah, no, but I mean, it, oh. it's like mosquitoes, right? There's so many mosquitoes that it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, if a couple of them die, you know, like it's not going to upset their whole ecology, <laughs> right? Like it's just, it's just so I many of them. Get out of here, mosquitoes. Get out of my planet. <laughs> Cannot wait for those genetically modified mosquitoes to start eradicating malaria. <laughs> I heard somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, but malaria, malaria is one of like the leading causes of death in all of human history. Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of messed up. Especially when they were trying to build the Panama Canal. I know. Yeah, that was that was a that was hor that that must have been horrifying. I mean, imagine. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Well, they had the that's where that's where they invented the uh, mosquito netting on your windows. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> interesting. Like just to keep the mosquitoes out of the uh, buildings there, because mosquitoes are so bad. Oh my! Mm. Protect your workers uh, making your digging your canal. <laughs> your wage slaves. <laughs> yeah, you think you think uh, going to work <laughs> now is bad with COVID nineteen? Imagine going to work when you had these tiny little oh, creatures that could would literally kill you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be awful. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of a thing too. Is like when you it's it's one thing when you have a threat that you don't see, and there's another thing when you have a threat when it's right there in your front of your face. Yep. Buzzing around, or on your face, yeah, <laughs> or sucking blood from your face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you ever heard about startup which tried to eradicate mosquitoes, creating a system that fries them using high-powered lasers? I heard about that. I... How did that? How that go? I don't know. I just read an article, and that's. Yeah, that... <laughs> I want to install that on my house, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, was project all over again. <laughs> one on my house, on my car, <laughs> just everywhere. everywhere. Have it on your clothing. My neighbors on my shoulder, shoulder mounted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that would be that's yeah. No, that's what the that's what your hexapod needs. It needs a shoulder mounted, um, a laser blasting um, mosquito killer. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, so so tell us more about your so you're you're thinking of adding a uh, a, a railgun to your your uh, little rig you got. Uh, yeah, but I haven't think through about it because I don't even know if my power is my if my battery is powerful enough because you need a lot of power for the railgun because it's very inefficient. Oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, that's where um. Well, you, I mean, I haven't made one before. Uh, I had friends who made one or tried to make them. And you, I think the key is just very big capacitors. Yeah. They also mm -hmm. still have to charge them up, though. Yeah, you the, still you have to charge yeah. them up. Preferably. Yeah, pull a little uh, wagon behind it with a big battery in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull a big wagon. Pull a battery. 
in the internet people always do railguns that shoot some big projectiles i wonder if it's possible to make one that shoots like small Tiny ones maybe. yeah yeah i say that would be actually a lot more energy efficient especially for your small platform trying to shoot squirrels well you gotta think about uh you know energy you know the whole e equals mc square thing like the more mass that you have that's gonna take more energy to accelerate that to the same speed so but the, you, you have also, less mass mm -hmm, but you also have more inertia so the projectiles continues to move when you when it's out of the barrel oh true yeah maybe a small bottle bearings will do wait so what if what if in, in like the moon or low gravity environment what if they used rail guns to launch small satellites that, that was in the halo series wouldn't that be like kind of possible i feel like that was called the mac the mac cannon I yeah think. were you just <laughs> i could definitely see that being a thing like because you don't have very far to try and escape moons, the moon's gravity. Although, once you're in space, you have to have some sort of course correction to make it go. Well, that's not that wouldn't be too hard. Well, actually, I guess you could just launch it sideways, so it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That right. would be an interesting experiment be to see. Very fun. I'll have, I'll have to do that one day. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. yeah. The interesting thing is that uh, when you use the satellite as a projectile for the railgun, won't it fry the electronics within that satellite? Would it? Well, it uses a big EM electromagnetic oh. well, field. It's... You have to have some Faraday cage going on. And also have to have it be able to withstand the G-forces applied. You might have to make it really long and like slow down the acceleration. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, that, that, there might be a few, few, few problems with that. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, you have a very fast instant acceleration right there. Mm. Very fast. Huh. Well, you know, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to work that one out. I, I think I got some time to figure it out, though. <laughs> you know, I think I brought this up in, uh, I brought this up in one of the sad small sat podcasts. Um. Remember, I was talking about that there was a plane that, like, would was able to like fly up, trebuchet and... stuff up into space, like from a high. Yeah, fl uh, fly, and then the the rocket would launch from that, and then yeah. Yeah, like that could be a thing too. Like, it seemed like it was pretty neat for being able to just get way up there. But if like, you're on the moon, like, oh, gravity is just so low. I mean, do we even need a railgun to be able to launch into space? Can you just, like, literally just set up a trebuchet and just swing <gasps> that bad boy up into space? <sighs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, I so I actually, I've heard, I, I wish I could remember exactly what the criticism was. But I remember there was being a criticism against, um, against the, uh, having a plane and fly up very high and then launch it. Um, I, f I forget exactly what it was, um, but yeah, one of my small sat nerd friends w w was breaking down why it's actually not like an economic or, or a very. It still wasn't economical. Like it, it's actually cheaper just to launch it from the ground. <laughs> I, I, do yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what the like exact reason, and, and that's what's bugging me. Um, I don't remember either. 
Yeah. But I think I think I remember that being the case though. Like it for some reason it's, something about it was still not it was still better just to launch a rocket. And yeah. No, it, it's like um reminds me of uh, you know how uh, the, mo- those moddable phones, like, everyone thinks it's such a great idea until they actually do it? And, like, like because Google's tried it, uh, like, a lot of the big manufacturers have tried it, small guys have tried it, and none of them have ever worked. A modifiable phone? Yeah, so, like, you have, like, a if you want more batteries, you have a battery module you can just s- slap in there. If you want a better camera, you can clip oh. down the top. Yeah. Right, like that seems like such a great idea. Like I would love that, right? Yeah. But they just—it's just the economics. Like, just people, it just doesn't work out. No matter which way you, um, which way you make it. Mm. But it's super counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it's fun. I, I mean, I feel like I, I'd use it if there was a modifiable phone. But I've had a friend that has one, and it was pretty neat. Like, he's switched out the battery for a bigger battery, and it also had a speaker, like a bigger speaker into it for uh, being able to listen to music. Mm-hmm. I was... I want to say it was like a Motorola or something like that. Yeah, I, I think uh, like one of one of those companies they they tried it, but I think they discontinued it because it just wasn't wasn't was it too expensive. Was that what the problem? No, was? I think I... Just people just didn't use the moddable features. They used um, because normally you don't want to like have to be like, oh, okay, I'm going I'm going to like a party or whatever. I'm going to put in this feature, right? And mm-hmm. um. They also don't want to carry around a bunch of these mods everywhere they go in their pocket. Oh, true. It's better just to have the phone just do it all to begin with. Exactly. Is that is that is that basically the argument there? Yeah. It, yeah. It's just yeah. Like, why not? Oh, I, gotcha. I, I guess I get that, but I still like the idea <laughs> of a <audible> phone. <laughs> uh, so are there... so now you don't have to carry a whole airport with you. You can just launch a rocket. Done. <laughs> yes. For CubeSats in the space. So cool. Yeah, of course, we, we always get off topic talking about space. I, I feel know. like this just. Or to launch your mech in the space. I mean, you know, whatever you're doing. Yeah, you can do it. We're using the mech to launch small sats into. <laughs> <laughs> just have it chuck it. Just like a giant arm. Just chuck the small sats into space. <laughs> no, 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 no. You use your mech. You get a golf club for it. <laughs> yes! And you walk yes! number nine right into the... I the want orbit. this picture. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I want someone to draw a picture of MacWorks Mac with a giant golf club throwing small sats into space. I, I so want that now. <laughs> Make it a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that would great. be amazing. Oh. <sighs> All right, I th- I think we're we're coming up on our on, on our time here. Um, so are there any uh any uh things you guys want to plug? I know you um, you got your YouTube channel, uh, MechWorks. Uh, wh- what about any anything else? No. Oh, you're stuck temporary. I think you're you're really Volume. quiet. You know, like scooch up the microphone a bit or something. I don't know. 
I have a Twitter and my personal blog, which is almost empty right now. But I'm going to write something about my hex spot there. Oh, oh great! That's fantastic! Yeah, um, sp speaking of documentation, uh, we're, we're really excited. We're working on... Uh, well, we've already got the basic setup, but we need to iron out some, a few more details before we're ready to release it to the public. Um, but we are have a Wikipedia, like a, we're, we're calling it Jinkopedia for now, but we'll probably change your name mm -hmm. to something else. But yeah, so a place where people can just document the projects and um, yeah. It'll oh, be I, should, I should check it out. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I, there'll, there'll definitely be some announcements on the server when we are, uh, when we have a little bit more of a complete uh yeah, but yeah, because everyone has the thing is everyone has um, like a blog and documentation, which is amazing and love it. Um, but like being able to aggregate all those sources and come up with a a single um, like a single resource hub for all this just amazing work, and I, I especially with um, with Max because it, it seems like a very popular. Um, project. I'm very glad it is because the more uh, it's, it's just such a cool form factor, you know? Like, I don't it know, is yeah. very iconized by movies and media. <laughs> yeah. Makes it yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's just it's so fascinating. I, I yeah, of course I can't wait till until I can just go walking with my robot dog. But I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be so um, useful for like backpacking or, or hiking? You just have this 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 dog oh, yeah. and get out some solar panels and let it charge up when you need to. And well, that's the whole point of uh, Big Dog from Boston Dynamics. Um, it's a gear carrier for when you have mobile infantry for soldiers. Right. And they don't have a vehicle. And it was from my, if I'm remembering the details correctly, it could either march in formation with your squad, carrying all, you know, all the backpacks. That way they can be more, you know, they just carry the rifle and they can be, you know, ready mm -hmm. to assess a threat if it comes in. And that way they're, you know, not having to deal with sudden, uh, problems um right. while being tired from you know full days march or whatnot right so it could do that or you could have it uh deploy from a remote location to your squad and let the robot figure out how how to get there that yeah that that that's really cool uh, yeah because it isn't i feel like the 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 u.s uh like the the, the soldier or whatever um is like has like the most gear and like the most heaviest equipment of, of any of the, it's a lot, like two hundred, three hundred pounds, like some insane amount of gear that they have. Oh, to... three hundred! My God, that you... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I saw a comparison video of um of like a, a modern day soldier and a knight in full like metal armor and the yeah. knight was had less weight than the the soldier did <laughs> and he was in full like shining metal and <laughs> like, well yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes sense it's heavy yep all right um i'm glad you guys could could hop on i, I feel like it was just glavin and myself talking about stuff <laughs> <laughs> But it's good. Yeah. Always in the weeds. <laughs>
<laughs> I know, in the weeds. <laughs> Janky to the max, in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> we should just start calling it that. <laughs> yeah, it's not talking about awesome craters and their cool creations, it's in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> all right well no matter where you guys are what you guys are working on remember to keep it janky to the max and in the weeds